Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Mall the Moments, where we celebrate the life of Kobe Bryant with the incredible stories from those who knew him. And today we have not just a legend, but one of the absolute gold standards of the industry. Uh, Jim Gray recently released his book, Goats Talk, about talking with goats. Roy Firestone here with us today is one of the absolute goats, if not the goat of this industry. Over 5,000 interviews, seven, seven Emmy Awards. He's interviewed Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Muhammad Ali. You saw his interview with Dennis Rodman in The Last Dance, and the list goes on. Of course, Sports Illustrated called Firestone the best interviewer in the business, and Roy's legendary scene in Jerry Maguire interviewing Cuba Gooding Jr. Roy, don't make me cry. Uh, an all-time great. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Roy. Really, really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure, Skylar. It's great to to speak to you. And uh, and you know, we were talking before the show. Uh, you're still a relatively young man, but you were probably just a, a young kid when I was doing the show in its heyday. I had many other different versions of that kind of show, although maybe not all called up close or sports look. Uh, but uh, in the vintage years from about 84 to 2000, uh, we did, as you mentioned, 5,000 interviews and we saw them all come through. And uh, we obviously are gonna talk about Kobe Bryant today and there's a lot to talk about, but uh, it, it, it's very gratifying to hear a young person like yourself remember our show because frankly, uh, there's a lot of teenagers out there have no idea what we used to do, but it is on YouTube, but uh, we'll talk about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Up close is uh, incredible when it, when it comes to interviewing in sports, like I said, I really, really do believe it is the gold standard. And speaking of your interviews, Roy, yes, I know not only were you able to interview Kobe Bryant, but you actually conducted Kobe Bryant's first interview in Los yeah. Angeles. So right. what do you remember from that interview? And particularly, I also uh, watched a video you made about Kobe and learned that you guys had a two hour conversation when some lightning went out. So I'd love to yeah, hear well, that, any memories you got about that as well. That's that is that is the big memory that I have when he was 18 years old. He came to Los Angeles. By the way, Jim Gray also interviewed Kobe about the same time. But we did this interview at Loyola Marymount where the Lakers used to train before they had their facility. He walks in and I'll, you know, I know it's not a visual, but I, I can send you some pictures of that interview because I'll never forget it. Uh, he walked in in an ill-fitting sports suit with the whole the tie and everything, very cute. And he was, you know, just a kid out of high school, just literally out of Lower Marion. And uh, he walked in and he sat down, we started chatting. And as soon as we sat down within three minutes, it started to rain really hard. It, and then lightning hit the building, as you mentioned, knocked our lights out, knocked our sound equipment out. Everything was blown out and they had to replace it with a whole new kit. Well, that would have taken two hours because they had to run all the way down to, I think, Newport Beach to get another camera. It was a nightmare. So the crew came up to me and they said, you know, you're going to have to ask this kid if he'll if he wants to come back, because it's going to take at least two hours. So I walked up to Kobe Bryant. And I said, Kobe, I know we don't know each other. It's just brand new. This is the first interview. But would you be willing to come back in two hours? He says, I'm not coming back. And I said, oh, boy, here we go. He's kind of a prima donna kid, although I would understand, <laughs> I guess. He says, I'm staying. 
And what he did was he stayed with us for a good two hours until they got all the gear set up and reset. Wow. And he talked to us about his young life, about growing up in Italy. He talked about Milan. He talked about soccer. He talked about food. He spoke to us in Italian. Wow. Um, and he did that for about 20, 30 minutes. Then he started asking us about how cameras work and how editing systems work and digital editing versus the old form, form of editing. I mean, it was just unbelievable how curious he was. And I, my, my, my real takeaway from that, A, is he wanted to learn everything he could learn. A, B, he was uh, curious about life and of how other people do what they do. Yeah. And he wanted to be a master at so many different things. Uh, he wanted to be proficient in a lot of things. And I interviewed Kobe, I think, about six or seven times throughout his career. And he used to always joke with me saying, it's not, it's not raining out, is it? You know, like, ha ha, like the lightning's going to hit. And then, of course, yeah. of course, the deep tragedy is lightning more or less, not literally, but the kind of lightning that struck in our hearts uh, on, in January 26th of last year. Yeah. Just a stunning, stunning, horrific tragedy for not just, of course, the Bryant family, but other families, total of, I think, eight or nine people on that helicopter. And uh, but I, I think of when I think of Kobe, I I just think of his incredible desire to learn. And wow. it's a, a lesson that we could all learn about life in any endeavor. Uh, Kobe Bryant was a curious guy. I'll tell you a couple of other stories if I can. 100%. Uh, we were in Memphis. I was doing another interview with him. And the interview was set up for 8 o'clock p.m. on a Friday night. There was no game that night, obviously. The game was on Saturday. And it's 8 o'clock. I'm all dressed, ready to go. We're all lit up, ready to go. The camera, I mean, not me. <laughs> but the camera was lit up. And um, there's no Kobe. And it's 8.15, then 8.30, then a quarter to 9, then 9, then 9.15. Now I'm getting a little pissed, to be honest with you. I think he's standing me up, especially after I developed a relationship with this young kid. Um, and then at around 9.30, an hour and a half later, he walks in dripping with sweat in his sweats. He was at the pyramid, which is the arena across the street, taking a thousand jump shots from about he forgot about the time. He was just wow. invested in, no one was there. He literally essentially got the keys to the gym, so to speak, and shot a thousand jump shots on a Friday night in the middle of the season. And that, you know, I, I've never seen an ethic like that. And I've been around a lot of great, I've been around Jordan, obviously. I've been around a lot of great athletes. I've never seen a work ethic like that in my life. So many great stories, but you know, I, I always love to tell the story about the time as a rookie when he hit the air ball against Utah mm -hmm. uh, in the playoffs, missed the shot, and he was so despondent. And you probably know this story, but when he got off the plane in Los Angeles and the Lakers were eliminated, he wanted to go to the first gym he could find. He went to, I think it was Pally High's gym at midnight. This is the night he gets back on the plane. He gets out of the off the off the bus from the airport and says, "Take me to the closest gym we could find." They they opened the gym, and he took another two hours of shooting. I mean, the guy was wow. an unreal, um, determined and you know proficient and meticulous individual who 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 all he ever really wanted to do it wasn't just play basketball, Skyler. It was. He, all he ever wanted to do is be the best. 
the best yeah. ever he tried. And th that's that to me is his greatest legacy. I guess you could argue Jordan, LeBron, all of these players might have been better, but I would say this, I'd be very hard pressed to come up with a player who had more of an ethic, work ethic, more determination to be the best. If he had three more seasons left in him, he would have won another title. That was a big thing for him. He wanted to have at yeah. least as many as Jordan. Yeah. And you know, the other thing I was gonna say is this, and I know I've run too long, but I'll, I'll say one other thing. If you listen to his voice, his speaking voice, literally his speaking voice, and then you put Michael Jordan's speaking voice next to it, they're very, very similar. And I once asked him about it. And I said, you know, if I wasn't, you know, if I, if I wasn't sure, I, I would say that you are doing an impersonation when you speak in interviews like Jordan. And he just smiled. He goes, I listened to a thousand Jordan interviews and I picked up his nuances and how he spoke wow. and it, the, the baritone of his voice. And I was blown away by that. He not only watched every piece of video, he watched every interview he could get his hands on. So his story of proficiency and work ethic and determination into being equal to his idol, but maybe to exceed his idol, um, you know, is, is, is inspiring and astonishing. I don't know that you'll ever run into an athlete quite like that ever again. That is incredible, Roy. You're always welcome to go as long as you want. Thank you so much for sharing. I mean, I've I've heard every Kobe story out there, and uh, wow, those and are you know really, you know the really other thing is ones. he 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 was the kind of guy. He never really he didn't quite accept defeat. It yeah. wasn't that he was a sore loser. He just felt that there was some failing of his. You know, some other team could win it at the buzzer, and he would not even be covering that player. Yeah. Uh, defending that player and they hit the butt and they beat the Lakers. He would blame somehow blame himself. He would say something that he did that caused that to happen. So he would never accept it defeat. He was always determined to turn it around somehow. And you know how Jordan, Jordan rules, you, you could hear that he was very, I guess the word is vindictive. He was kind of vindictive towards people who, as he perceived, dissed him. Kobe was similar to that too. He didn't like anybody chumming around on the court with him. I mean, he would hug people before yeah. a game and after a game, but once that, once that whistle blew the horn blew, man, he was all business and he <laughs> wanted to kill his opponent just like Jordan did. And, you know, the funny thing is I looked at, I look now at the fact that Jordan was just about done when Kobe was just about starting. They did play a couple of, you know, seasons, uh, both were active, but it was sort of like Kareem and Wilt. You know, Kareem, Wilt was almost done when Kareem was starting uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks. But I think that in their time, if they were both together in their era at the same time, in their youth, um, I'm going to say something that, that that's going to people are just going to laugh at, but I do believe it. I think Kobe Bryant would have found a way to exceed the accomplishments of Michael Jordan had they both started at the yeah. same time the same age. And I think it would, would have been one of the greatest epic one-on-ones uh, in the history of sports, not unlike Ali Frazier, Ali Dara yeah. and Affirm, the horse races, not unlike uh, Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell. Uh, I believe that would have been the greatest rivalry in all of sports if they were both in their prime, in their era, at their best. 
I think that Kobe Bryant would have exceeded Michael Jordan. I really believe that. I, I honestly, I completely agree because Michael Jordan himself once said that the only player who could beat him one-on-one is Kobe Bryant. Because Kobe not only stole all his moves, right. but then A, tried to make them better, and B, adopted them into the modern era, and C, had that work ethic. I appreciate you sharing your Kobe Jordan insights so much, particularly with Kobe Bryant's recent Hall of Fame induction with Michael Jordan presenting standing on stage. And so with you being one of the rare individuals who has had the pleasure of interviewing both Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan, uh, I want to know what you, we've heard a lot of the similarities. What do you think was the major difference between them, uh, particularly in work ethic and in general? Well, I think, that Kobe Bryant, here, here, let me give a couple more similarities and then I'll get to the differences. I think they both didn't like to fraternize during a game. They weren't, you know, ch- chuckly, funny. He wasn't, it was no Charles Barkley type of thing. He wasn't that playful. He wanted to kill you. He was a quiet assassin, just like Jordan did, was. Um, but I think, and both of them were loners. I think Jordan was a loner as well. Didn't frat- fraternize off the court with many people. But Kobe was a guy who was sort of a, a more of a mystery man. He had no interest in hanging with people. He, he didn't have, you know, I'm going to be flat honest. He wasn't the most beloved guy in the game for other players across the league. Some people thought he was arrogant, uh, egotistical, selfish. I, I, I once did an interview with him and I threw those, those, those adjectives at him. I say, he says, Roy, if the game is on the line, there's 1.5 on the clock. Really? Who else? Who else should take the shot but me? I don't care if someone's open. I'm going to be. I'm going to be the one to make that shot. And he was just being honest. I think Jordan felt that way too. But but a couple of the differences was, you know, M- Michael Jordan grew up in North Carolina. Uh, his father was not a professional athlete, uh, whereas Kobe Bryant grew up much of his life in Italy, played soccer. His father was a professional athlete, and so he was used to the lifestyle of professional basketball. Now, when Jordan got a late start in his basketball career, you know, if you remember, as the story goes, he was, uh, it's not really quite true, but it's somewhat true that he was cut from his high school team and then allowed back on. But Jordan, Jordan wasn't, didn't, was, his destiny was to play baseball. Kobe Bryant only had one interest and one destiny, and that was to play basketball, be the best basketball player of all time. And the tragic and sad and ironic reality is that this past weekend, as we're speaking, he finally made it to the Hall of Fame. But the first interview I did, Kobe says, I'm going to make it to the Hall of Fame. And that was at 18 years old. Wow. Yeah. So, and that's 20, what, 21 years later or 22 years later, he retires with with the with the incredible finish. The way he went out, like even Jordan go out, didn't go out that yeah, way. Mamba out. I, I would I would actually say that that for Los Angeles sports, it's the greatest farewell game competition. I mean, Sandy Koufax and none of those guys ever had anything like that. And I think Kobe wanted to go out with a bang. And even when he blew out his Achilles, remember he hit those two foul shots. He wasn't, he wasn't going to be denied those foul shots. Yeah. I've just never seen anybody like him. I miss him. Uh, we'll tell you a little bit later, a little kind of an ironic, sweet little story about, uh, about what I tried to do for in his memory, but uh, it involves a, 
of rescuing a dog, uh, which I'll I explain. Have a question about that prepared. I'm excited to, yeah. to get into well, it. What for his sure? Name his name is Kobe, and that's uh, amazing. Uh, you know, I, I might as well tell it now. <laughs> for sure, yeah. I, I wanted to ask. You know, uh, first of all, congratulations on the book, Kobe and a Boy Named Roy. Yeah, what led to you is, naming the dog yeah. Kobe? You know, such a positive yeah. thing. Skylar, first of all, I've written four books, and they're all you know adult not adults, sexy book. I mean, adult yes. book, meaning, right. He, That's he, what I'm talking about. Couldn't recommend more highly. Amazing. Thank book. you. I appreciate that. And by the way, if people want to buy the book, they go to royfirestone.com. I'll be happy to sign it for them and inscribe it to them. If they want to buy it on Amazon, they can. But the most recent book is called That's What I'm Talking About. And we also had a book called Don't Make Me Cry, Roy, and Up Close. But this is the first children's book. And the reason I did it was when Kobe was killed, if you remember, COVID hit not more than a couple of weeks later. And I love dogs, but I had been without a dog for eight years because when you when you have to put a dog down, maybe our, some of your listeners can relate. It's probably the most painful thing short of saying goodbye to a human being. And frankly, in some cases, tougher for some people. Um, uh, it was devastating for me to lose my, my dog eight years ago. And I decided I'll never get another dog again. It was just too painful for me. It was like he was my right hand man. Well, anyway, Kobe is killed and all those people were killed. And it was just a horrible, horrible tragedy. I still think about it all the time. And then COVID hit. I'm saying, this is really depressing. What could I do that could be constructive? So I thought about it and I went to an adoption agency, West Coast Labrador Retriever Rescue. They're based in Simi Valley for those who might be interested, which I can urge you to do. It'd be the best thing you ever did. And I... I wanted to get a yellow lab and they said, we don't have a yellow lab. We only have an overweight black lab. Now, when I say overweight, Skylar, he was 35 pounds heavy. He was three years old or two years old at the time. They brought him to my house and he's just fat. He's just fat. And I said, I, 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 my ego won't allow me to have a fat dog. But I said, maybe if I can get some kind of work ethic, uh, not unlike maybe Kobe Bryant, and we could walk every day. We just walk, we might walk 10 miles every single day, every day. And we have since the day I adopted him. I adopted wow. him. He's lost wow. 35 pounds. He's in tremendous shape. I think if Kobe were alive, he'd have a big smile on his face. And I decided simultaneously to write a children's book. And we call it Kobe and a Boy Named Roy. And proceeds benefit West Coast Labrador Retriever Rescue based in Simi Valley. You can look it up for those who are listening. And if you want to rent, rent if you want to rescue, I should say, not rent, rescue a dog, um, it would be the greatest thing you ever did. And this dog, obviously, he, he doesn't know who Kobe Bryant is, but there's something about his spirit that reminds me of Kobe. He's always ready to go. He's always ready to compete. He wants the ball, just like Kobe. And we've raised over $4,000 for Animal Rescue. All the proceeds of this book benefit West Coast Laboratory Retriever Rescue. And I'm proud as hell of it. And you know, it's funny, I've had all these other successful books and I'm very proud of them too, but I've never had the response. People are crying and writing me letters and saying this, is, this has been the greatest thing in my life to read to my children, my grandchildren or whatever. It's basically a book for three-year-olds to about eight-year-olds, six, seven-year-olds. Wow. But they said, but what you're doing for this dog is a great uh, remembrance of Kobe Bryant. Wow. And I'm just I'm just tickled that I was able to do it and make something positive out of a horrendous, hor horrific loss that we can't even possibly process, really.
No, absolutely. You know, uh, and and that resonates very deeply. I had an 18 and a half year old Shih Tzu who we had to do the same thing with uh, this weekend. And it's, oh, it's deeply so painful. I can relate. Yeah. So shout out to uh, Princess. Our loved ones are always with us forever. And as uh, yeah. Vanessa Bryan said this weekend, Kobe uh, looking down from heaven, grinning, saying, isn't this some shit? And yeah. I usually don't swear on the podcast. That's but all right. That's all right. You know, the, the, the other thing is about this, too, is, you know, if you look back at this amazing career of this guy, you know, he was a he was a killer on court. There's no doubt about it. But he always found a way to smile. Yeah. He always found a way to smile somewhere. Some had a big smile and he loved his fans. And everyone knows, of course, that Kobe grew up a Laker fan and wanted to be a Laker. It's dream came true because of Jerry West. Jerry West believed in him. It was not really a roll of the dice for Jerry. This is the best practice, best work workout I've ever seen in my life for any player. And he was in high school. But I also wrote a piece that's on YouTube if people want to watch it or listen to it. It's called What My Dog Taught Me About Life. And what Kobe Bryant taught me about life was compete, have you know, be intense in everything you do, uh, love what you do and get up every morning with another work ethic. What this dog taught me about life, whose name is Kobe, is don't be petty, don't complain, enjoy your meals, enjoy your walk, enjoy the day, have fun. Uh, don't, don't, don't try to go after squirrels because you can't catch them. And so the line I used was, what a great lesson for life, don't chase things you can't catch. <laughs> and, uh, he has a love for the cat next door. The cat is scared of him. And I wrote in my piece, and again, the name of the piece is what my dog taught me about life. It's on YouTube. Well, how great it would be in life if we could love the cat next door, even if the cat next door doesn't love us. I mean, it's almost a biblical kind of <laughs> reference. And I, and I really do think, I think Kobe Bryant, the man, loved his opponents except for when they're on the court. Yeah, I, I think he appreciated. I think he appreciated the competition and admired certain players. Obviously, Jordan being hot one, LeBron being another, uh, and the torch has been passed. Uh, I think LeBron is going to keep the legacy of Kobe Bryant alive for the rest of his career. Ultimately, yeah. if he stays healthy, I believe LeBron James will be the greatest single basketball record holder of all time, including Kareem Hill. He's going to supplant Kareem too. And it's a question of his health. And obviously we can talk about that today too, because Lakers are getting ready for a, a play-in game as we yes. speak. Yes. As we speak. Um, but you know, Kobe's spirit is there. And uh, you know, he I, I don't know if he he may have gotten a ring. His family may have gotten a ring last year. Yeah. I don't know if he did or didn't. I, I think he did, but yeah, I, I, I think that uh the presence of Kobe Bryant will always hang, the shadow will always hang over that. Uh, over Staples and for the franchise. I mean, think about the greatest players in the history of this game, all of them on the Lakers, Shaq, Wilt, Ridiculous. Jerry West, Magic Johnson, James Worthy, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I, I, I didn't even mention Kareem. I it's should insane. Know yeah. I, I think that it, without question that the franchise has the best players of any franchise, including the Yankees. You can give me the all-time Yankee team if you yeah. want. There's never going to be a team with the, as that many great players, glittering players. I mean, the idea that Shaq and, and Kareem and LeBron with all that physical force on that, on that one roster 
what an amazing thing that would have been to see. But um, I just think uh, also lastly about Kobe Bryant, I wonder what if, what if he had survived? What would have life been like for him? Uh, I, 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 I wrote a piece the other day about life and that when tragedy strikes, you wonder, would they have given it all away to have a normal life with no glory? Um, for example, would you have given up the five titles and the MVPs and all the money in the world just to live your life with your children? I believe deep down Kobe would have given everything away, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. I know how much he loved it and how much he loved his life. And if they said to him, you're going to be gone at 40, but you get all this glory. I don't think it would be a quick answer. I know he loved his family very, very much. I'm, I'm not yeah. in any way trying to be insulting, but I, I wonder about the dilemma for him because I know how much he loved it. And I think Jordan would, if he were honest, he'd say the same thing. I mean, had Kobe Bryant not been Kobe Bryant, he wouldn't have been on that helicopter. Uh, it's fate. It's a cruel fate. But you wonder celebrity, success, riches, all of those things uh, put people in unusual situations that he, they would not normally have been in. If Kobe Bryant was a garbage collector in Philadelphia <laughs> or whatever, he were an accountant or a school teacher, I believe he would have tried to be the best at everything he did. I do Absolutely. believe. Oh, that, that was the Mamba mentality. Be the best custodian you can. And uh, Roy, we got, we got about two more questions here, sure. but I'm also definitely happy to talk a little bit of current Lakers plan as a twist as well. Very sure. excited about that. So uh, I'll start off here, you know, with Roy, obviously you had a, a really unique friendship with Kobe Bryant and he meant a lot to you. And, and you were, uh, I'll call you one of the OG Kobe interviewers. I've, I've watched all of them and uh, you know, the first one in LA, amazing stuff. So what felt unique about your friendship with Kobe Bryant compared to your friendship with other athletes or even compared to other people who had also interviewed him? Well, in one word, it's a word I used earlier, but it's true, curiosity. I mean, he had, he was interested in other things. I think he was interested in women's sports. I think he wanted to own a WNBA franchise. Uh, I got the sense that when I interviewed him, he was really a special young man, well wise behind his years. He had a lot of childish antics and he could be petty sometimes. And uh, as I said, he wasn't beloved by other players around the league, you know, they thought he was you know, egotistical but selfish or whatever. But like Larry Bird, he, he, he wanted to take the last shot and was, un, you know, unrepentant. He would, he would not apologize for taking that last shot because he said, who else, would, who else would should take the shot? But it, it, what separated him from other people I interviewed, I think was his curiosity to be aware of the world uh, to, I mean, I had people like Arthur Ashe come on the show who were very worldly people. But Kobe, because he lived in Europe, because he knew uh, European players and he knew the sports, all the sports, including soccer. I think he was the most well-versed 18-year-old I've ever been around in my life. Uh, but curiosity, I think, is the underscore for me. I believe that he was a guy who lived to learn and to become better with that learning. And it's a great lesson for all of the people who are listening. Live to learn. Learn as much as you can. Read. Don't just have people tell you stuff, learn it for, on your own. And I believe the reason Kobe was as great as he was besides the preternatural gifts was his desire to just inhale the sport, inhale everything that Jordan 
made Jordan great and he was going to just copy it. It was a clone. His voice was a clone of Jordan's. Everything about him was very Jordan-esque. And of course, it was so ironic and touching to see Michael both at the memorial service at Staples weep, but then again, Saturday night, it was very tough for him, but uh, he got through it. And uh, I think at the end of the day, Michael Jordan respected Kobe as much or more than any player he'd ever played against. And you said it before too. Absolutely. No, thank you so much for that insight. Before I get into that final question, uh, you got me very excited about the Lakers play in tournament tonight. Uh, Kobe Bryant, of course, Lakers, Kobe Bryant, it's synonymous. So we're going to go out of left field here. And Roy, I'm going to ask you what your thoughts are going into tonight's playoff game and the Lakers chances this year. Well, you know, it's, it's not a one and done per se, you know, it's, you know, they, they still, there's, it's going to be a harder road if they lose. I don't think they will lose. But here's the thing you got to remember. What kind of physical shape is LeBron really in? He's had some tweaks. He's had some fits and starts. Same thing with Anthony Davis. They do not have enough if these players aren't sound. And it's a long haul yeah. for playoffs. So if somehow LeBron tweaks anything or, or, or comes up a little soft uh, because he's favoring his ankles or his you know, calves or whatever the other injury is, same thing with Anthony Davis. They're going to have a tough go. Uh, maybe not so much tonight. I think they probably will win as we speak tonight. But um, I don't know that there, there are several, you know, I think they're, I want to say they're 42 and 30 or something like that. Is that about right? Does that sound about right? Something like that. But there are a lot of teams that are much better than they are right now. Obviously, Brooklyn comes to mind. Uh, Philly comes to mind. Denver, even Phoenix. These are all teams. Milwaukee has better record. Uh, but when the, when the bell rings, if these guys are healthy, I think they can repeat. If they're yeah. at 80%, I don't think they can repeat. So it's going to be very telling to see what kind of shape they're in. In the game, as we're speaking, as we're recording this, if they win this game tonight, the road is a little easier, but it's not that much easier. It's all going to be about their health and what kind of you know, they haven't played a lot of basketball since the injuries. LeBron missed a bunch of games, and uh, we'll see if he's a little rusty. He's been playing very well when he's been in there, but again, the other night, he got very tentative with his ankle, looked like, again. Uh, same thing with his career. I mean, we don't, I mean, if, if he stays healthy, and for, he can, if he has three more years left in him, which I think he does, and uh, he's in tremendous condition, uh, he will break every record, I believe. But again, if it starts getting uh, like Kobe, when Kobe had the Achilles, yeah. I, you know, obviously he wasn't quite the same player again. Uh, he tried to come back, but his body wouldn't cooperate. No matter how much you push, father time doesn't let up. So that, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be very telling to watch this game tonight. Absolutely. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think Anthony Davis will be huge. We saw him drop 42 points. And I think exactly if the Lakers are healthy, no reason they can't repeat, but they're they're going to need full strength. A lot better teams this least, year, though. A lot, yes. a lot. Last year was a was Brooklyn a truncated Nets. season. This season is a lot better competition, East and West. Absolutely. As I said, as, as I said, Phoenix, Denver, uh, in the in the West, Clippers. We can't forget the Clippers. No. Then you got Brooklyn. You got yeah. Philly. You know, there's and and Milwaukee. These are all much better. Last year, Milwaukee went out early. Uh, shockingly, 
And I think Milwaukee could present the Lakers a tough, a tough go too. But uh, I ultimately see the Lakers and the Clippers going at it if they get there. And that's going to be pretty, pretty telling too. I, I, I would like, I, I would imagine the Clippers would like nothing more to, to, to throw in the Lakers across town rival. Absolutely. The the battle of LA. And again, I think it's going to come down to uh, the incredible duo of Anthony Davis and LeBron James being healthy mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Roy, uh, this has been so absolutely incredible. This brings us to our final question of the day, a little bit more personal than I usually ask, uh, mm-hmm. but with the spirit of Kobe. So I'm really excited to hear from you. You know, Kobe always said that his purpose was to inspire others to be mm-hmm. great in whatever they do. With you having had a Kobe Bryant-esque career in the field you do reaching the highest heights imaginable, what do you, how do you find purpose and meaning in your career? Or what do you feel has been the purpose? Of well, that's a very career? good question and I appreciate it. Um, I, I have a, I, I'm a live performer too. I don't know if you know that, I'm a performer. Yes, you have a one man show. I have a one man show I do for corporations. I played in Las Vegas, I played, uh, the Grand Ole Opry. I played with the Doobie Brothers. I played with. Uh, I even played shared a stage at one point with Sinatra. I mean, I've had Ooh. incredible experiences in my life. But one thing I try to try to emphasize in my live show is that we need to find a way to uplift each other, to inspire each other. What you said, Kobe wanted to inspire other people to be the best. I think in my small messages, both in my interviewing and on my live show. What is important to me is to find a way to help uplift other people, make people feel good about who they are. And there's an expression I use that I do a story about Muhammad Ali. And by the way, that's also on YouTube. If people want to watch, it's called Ali's story, Roy Firestone, just go Ali's story, Roy Firestone. Uh, But the end of the piece quotes um, George Washington Carver, who was a famous philanthropist and agriculturalist and inventor who lived in the, late 19th century, early 20th century. And he said, how far all of you go in your life depends upon your ability to be tender with the young, compassionate with the aged, tolerant of the weak and strong, and for those who strive to uplift those who strive. Because one day in your life, you'll have been all of those things too. You've been, you've been young, you've been old, you've been ambitious, you've strove for greatness. And it's our job, I think, for people in a place of some kind of, I don't know, you want to call it success, I guess, to make sure that other people get that same chance. One of the reasons I'm doing this interview with you today is I know that you're, you have a lot of passion for what the journalism and broadcasting and you're working at USC. And I admire that. And I, long time ago, when I started out in this business, I made sure that I would always try to make time for other people who, who aspired as I did, because someone gave me that opportunity. So it, 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 that's a long answer, but the short answer is I want to inspire people too. I want people to say Roy Firestone in his own way gave me the impetus to move forward and try my, my, my shot at either broadcasting or writing or you know, producing or writing, whatever it would be, anything, any of those things, uh, if I could play a role in, pushing somebody who has ambition and passion and drive, that is ultimately the thing that I most seek uh, in my career. And I'm very, very proud that I've always tried to reach out to other people to help them um, gain a foothold in their careers. 
That is absolutely uh, incredible, Roy. There's no doubt that you've left everyone here listening today very, very inspired. And uh, it's it's no doubt why you connected with Kobe so much. And I knew this would be uh, the incredible interview. It has been because uh, with that being his goal, it's, it's no doubt to me that you've got your dog named Kobe. And all the best to you, Roy. So for, you know, to close things off here, first of all, thank you for an incredible interview. Thank you for everything you are. I love to give people their flowers at the end of the show. And uh, really, this has been an amazing interview. Your career has inspired. You've done everything that can be done. And I think it's an honor and a privilege for anyone who takes the time to listen to you. For sure. Very generous. Way. Thank you for that, Scott. Good Absolutely. luck. With you. Where can we find you today, Roy? Well, you go to RoyFirestone.com uh, for one thing. I'm, or, I'm working on a show called Unlikely Stories, uh, which is, they're like two minute vignettes about stories that have an amazing ending that people don't know is coming. Some of it is sports, some of it's show business. I'm also trying, we're, we're working on a reboot of Up Close called Up Closer for next year. Uh, obviously COVID pushed everything back. Um, I also have a video pr- company that if people want me to interview them, uh, for their endeavors, their press kits, their bios, their media, whatever. I do that. I make myself available to interview them. And we do charge, but it's not outrageous because I believe if I can interview them and ask them questions about their career and they could show their clips and talk about that, it's better than just showing some link to an audition tape. I've interviewed musicians. I've interviewed aspiring songwriters, producers, writers, filmmakers. And it's uh, also, you can get a hold of me at RoyFirestone.com if you're interested in having me interview you. And again, it's very cost efficient for individuals, particularly, particularly students and aspiring people who want to, to have me interview them about their, their life and time, sort of like we're doing right here. But um, you can get a hold of me there. And I, I, as I said, I'm, I've written four books and my fifth book is coming out next year. And um, you know, Jerry Maguire, we didn't talk about that. Maybe another time we'll do that. But that was Absolutely. a great experience for me too. So I've had an incredible career, incredible life. And I'm just so, I know it's cliche to say you're blessed, but I have been, I mean, it, no, nobody in my lifetime has had as many diverse opportunities. I mean, they're better broadcasters than me. They're better interviewers than me. Maybe they're better, whatever than me, but I've had a little of everything yeah. to be up on Las, in Las Vegas and to perform, you know, with the Doobie brothers, as I said before, or, uh, get to share the stage with Sinatra and Loretta Lynn. I mean, crazy stuff. And I got to interview at ESPN. So the diversity of what it is I did really makes me so gratified. I've had a blast and I will answer to any inquiry from at RoyFirestone.com under contact. Just get a hold of me there if people have questions. And if you'd like to buy the books, as I said before, any of those books, but the children's book for little kids uh, helps raise money for animal rescue, particularly Labrador retrievers. And it's called um, Kobe and a boy named Roy. And don't forget the video on YouTube, What My Dog Taught Me About Life. Absolutely. Uh, can't wait to watch that, Roy. Uh, that's what I'm talking about for sure. That was amazing. Usually I do my Kobe slogan, but I have to throw your book in there. But for real, thank you so much for being here today, Roy. Please remember, everyone, that all proceeds from this podcast that I personally make will be going to the Mamba and Mamba Cita Sports Foundation. Beautiful. And so, uh, you know, Mamba out. Mamba forever. Wow. Talk about interviewing a goat of goats who's interviewed most of the goats. 
Roy's stories and insights were absolutely incredible. Everyone, please remember to download, subscribe, rate, and review because that will help any and all proceeds that I make go to the Mamba and Mambasita Sports Foundation so we continue celebrating the life and legacy of Kobe Bryant. If there's anything you learned from this episode, it should be that through talking about someone who, while not perfect, lived their life to the fullest, you can gain incredible insights and stories from other people about their lives. And that's a large part of what this podcast is about. Next up, we're going to have Matthew Peralta, Lakers Nation staff writer. And I'm going to have a very special announcement about my own career that might relate to something to do with Lakers Nation. So stay tuned for some amazing insight and a great episode coming up soon. Mamba out, Mamba forever. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.